Iconic makeup artist. Beauty industry revolutionary. Entrepreneur. Bobby Brown is all these things and so much more. Throughout her career, she has crossed paths with some of the most accomplished people at the top of their field. These conversations are a look into their inspiring lives because everyone has a story. This is Long Story Short with Bobby Brown. So I'm looking forward to talking to Claudia Mason. Claudia is a model that I worked with years ago. I would guess you can call her one of the supermodels from the 90s. I had done her makeup dozens and dozens and dozens of times from everything to magazine covers to editorial spreads, fashion shows, and to a lot of catalog work. And Claudia's makeup was always so much fun to do because I never really knew what nationality she was. I didn't know that much about her. So I'm looking forward to to hearing her story. And just the fact that she suffered a stroke at such a young age, I don't understand how that happens. And she is now the spokesperson for the American Stroke Association. Here is my conversation with Claudia Mason. You are um, a supermodel, ex and current supermodel. You've never had a worry about a thing that you were eating. Not ever true, in your Bobby life. Brown. Not true. Really? Can I just say I love saying Bobby Brown? Yes. Um, <laughs> just because it's you and yeah. not because anyone else in the world who we know of has that name. Okay. Anyway, yeah. That made no sense, but hopefully someone will get what I'm saying. Um, I have absolutely had to watch my weight like any, in my opinion, like any supermodel, like any human being, because if we just eat carelessly, we put on weight, especially if we don't exercise. Okay. So even though I'm a tall drink of water and I come from two people. You are very tall. Are you six foot tall? Parents who are tall drinks of water. They are right. uh, I am right under six feet. I'm five, 11 and a half. Okay. And your parents are how tall? Oh boy. Shrinking. Yeah. My mother's ego hates that I would even say that out loud, but she was 5'10 and three quarters her okay. whole life. She's probably 5'9 okay. right now. Oh my God, so short. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, this I happened in yeah. her late 70s. She's mm-hmm. now, well, God, how awful of me. She yeah. lies about her age and I'm just spilling it. Oh, what's your mom's name? We don't know. Bobby. We don't know. We okay. Don't know. <laughs> Diane, I'm sorry. Oh. And how about your dad? How tall? He he is has always been around 6'3". Wow. And I couldn't tell you how tall he is today. Okay. And you grew up in the Upper West Side? Upper West Side of Manhattan. And do you have siblings? I do not. I'm their only child. Okay. There are half siblings from my okay. father's previous uh-huh. marriages and relationships. Okay. Who I was never raised with. There's quite an age difference. And right. my mom and her parents are really the ones who raised me. Okay. Some good stuff from my father I have to throw in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was really mom. Okay. Well, I never really asked you, and I have no idea looking at you, what is your nationality? Because you could be anything. You know, I am a real New York mix of so much. So my mom's Jewish, Russian, Polish. Wait, 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 wait. You're oh, Jewish? This Brown, tall, we know skinny, this. six Bobby Brown six knows me tall. since I was a child. She no knows No wonder this. you're so outgoing and bubbly. I did not know you were Jewish. I don't think I ever knew that. There's not a lot of, like, Jewish supermodels, okay? Which is a problem, Bobby. No, there well, has to be something we have to do about that. Well, yes, if you, like, change the the uh, idea of what a beautiful, long-legged woman is, yes. Uh, Gal Gadot, yes. hasn't she? Well, that's Israeli. She's so, Israeli, but... Right. Yeah. Uh, Natalie Portman, she's not tall. Right. Uh, I mean... Right. But yes. fine. Yes. Right. Supermodel, yes. Okay. Supermodel, true. What, Shiraz. Remember Shiraz oh my God, from the was, 90s? Yes, yes. Israeli. Mikaela Bursu, but yeah. these are all Israelis. Interesting, right. true. Yeah. Israeli women are gorgeous. Yeah. But all women... Okay, so all women are gorgeous. Can we just really be real? Now, what does society say is gorgeous is another conversation. Right. 
Okay, so wait, I got as far as your Jewish mother. Is that Russian, <laughs> Polish? Yes, both. Okay, and your dad? So he's a multi-heritage. He's a mix of so many things. Um, uh, English, African-American, Portuguese, Irish, the English, Irish, and I don't know what else. And one day, Bobby, if I'm interested, because I've gotten this question and I have no problem with it, since the beginning of time of my life, mm -hmm. And I'm kind of curious to do one of those DNAs because that's all I know. It's $99. Not that I need to know anymore. It's $99. No, it's the best thing. I know, but it, it, I don't know. It, it, they have all the information on you then, the government, is what one of my paranoid friends who had a CIA father told me. Uh-huh. Well, I don't have that much information to, to worry about. But I don't either, Bobby yeah. Brown, but okay. I don't really want, especially the current administration, to have more information than me they, than they need. Okay. So, not you are, so you are a mutt. Yes. You are an adorable, gorgeous but, mutt. Bobby, can I just say something? Yeah. This is how I identify as a New Yorker. And I don't care that that's not an ethnicity. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Right. I think we have to be honest with how we identify and how we feel. So the, the best answer, as I've just given you, right. which is what everyone wants to know, is I identify by being a New Yorker. I don't, mm -hmm. my platform right now and who I am before platform right. and brand and all that stuff is just, you know, a tall, woman from New York. I don't care how that sounds. Maybe I have to flesh that out more. But as a mate, like this but, whole, right. my ethnicity and I'm fighting. No, I don't relate that way. Do I relate that for where all these incredible movements and the progressive uh, person who I am and, and all, and that everyone is equal, of course. And I know I'm being really, we're No, but for me as a, as a makeup but, artist, and that's yeah. how we met. We met yes. when you were a model and I was a makeup artist. Yes. And I always loved doing makeup on girls that you had no idea what their ethnicity was. And there was a lot of people from other countries that had, you know, a lot of interesting, you know, combinations. Absolutely. Yes. And from other countries. Interesting. So you ha you can't think back to, and I think you're right, except Christie is a combination, Turlington, of other of Americans with interesting combinations at that time. Right. It was more other people, as right. you just said, with Yeah. So I don't even know how long ago it was when we first met. Uh, we were... 90s. Yeah, 90s. You were 90s. Well, you were actually... We did covers of Mademoiselle magazine. And I remember the cover was when Marc Jacobs had his... Grunge. His grunge. And we're like, I'll never forget they were styling this. And I was like, this looks terrible. She looks a mess. Oh, but then it became grunge. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay. That was before heroin chic, right? Bobby, like, do you oh remember... Oh, my God. Do you remember heroin chic? Serge, Seriously. But I just want to say Serge Normont was the hairstylist on that shoot, yeah. that grunge shoot, with right. you as the makeup artist. And I'll never forget, uh -huh. and I've said this story many times, I still see Serge to this day, will laugh. I walk into the studio, I think he was there, and me, there wasn't, you. no one else had arrived, right. we were there a little early. And he says, mais Claudia, mais qu'est-ce que c'est grunge? Je ne comprends pas le grunge. With this brilliant, he's saying basically, <laughs> what is grunge? Right. So it was just so funny. Uh, and I guess one has to know Serge. But yeah. um, That was yeah. a very good French accent. Oh, merci beaucoup, je ne pas français, Bobby. Oh, Oh my God. But now I know. Well, so now I know that you acted. I didn't even know that you were an actress. So we'll go back. But your parents, yes. very accomplished people. All True. Right? Your your mom was yeah. a ball ballerina? No, she was uh, she she was never a ballerina. She did some modeling and some acting and she danced, uh, but not as a ballerina. Danced, right. Um, uh, a writer uh, mm -hmm. worked as an account executive in a media service in okay. Midtown Manhattan. And um, yeah, two very bright um uh, sophisticated New right. Yorkers who are yeah, highly writer, complex. Ed, your mom, writer, editor, and activist. What is what is her activism? So, you know, I come from two definitely <laughs> talking politics. Who's talking right. politics? I'm not. 
um, liberal New Yorkers, and I would say my mother is progressive, right. and I would identify that way today. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so she's been um, active with a lot. Amy Goodman, she introduced me to. Right. I don't know Amy personally, hope to right. one day, but in terms of that whole way of thinking and democracy now, right. and so doing demonstrations, and she she's written for, I'm not going to remember the names, ugh of the um, publications that she's written for, uh, but definitely has always been very- Opinionated. Very, oh God, and so super smart, my mom, mm-hmm. and my father too. Right. Well, your dad, a playwright, yeah. and yeah. a novelist, yeah, and a, and a theater yeah. critic for the yes, New York Times. He was, absolutely. Wow. My dad has dedicated his life uh, to theater, and um, I have a complex relationship yeah. with my father, that's okay. why there's like stalling. But God bless him, and um, they both definitely gave me, in terms of modeling, which goes back to how you and I met, I was discovered at a very young age, uh, 13, when Tower Records, Baba, you and I yes. remember that place? Oh, yeah. On the Upper West Side existed in Lincoln Center, and um, I was a School of American Ballet student. I had mm-hmm. no interest, Bobby, in anything modeling. I didn't even quite know what it was, and I wanted to be Suzanne Farrell. Never made for ballet, but that was my path. I'm discovered by a scout. As it goes for anyone in these entertainment industries, specifically modeling, when you are discovered at a time when your look is in, boom, right. and yeah. you're photogenic, right. and you have some propensity for performing. It's not that complicated. I don't devalue it. I love it. It's been great to me. I know you in here today because of it. But um, that's what it is. So my look was in, and I had whatever that is that makes it all, and I love to perform. What was I going to say about my... So my parents, though, were very like, this is great, but we're not going to send you to the wolves at 14. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to leave high school, which you haven't even started yet. Mm -hmm. You got to get into college. This is really important. I mentioned in my book, which came out in 2016, Finding the Supermodel in You, it's which is good for anyone, no matter what career path they're on. It's self-confidence, self-esteem, inner life. I'm really big on it's all an inside job, getting what you want. And my parent, if you have a good foundation, oh my God, I give them so much credit for those years. Because it was very confusing here to get dressed up and to be around famous makeup artists like yourself and photographers. I don't think I was famous and, back then. You were amazing, Poppy Brown. I was lovely and nice and did very clean, like blended makeup, but I, don't, I wasn't famous then. Okay, but right. you, were in a, you were, although I know we don't have a yeah. huge, I don't know what the age difference is. My point is you were an adult okay. and it was being around all these adults when I was 14 and glamour, and you, you get were very really seduced. fourteen when you 14, started. 15, 16, wow. Yeah, the Avedon Versace campaign with the Versace campaign with Avedon when I was fifteen. That that was such a big deal. Obviously, yeah. it's a big deal, but it was a in personal big deal. Oh my God, I was crying at home. Mom, I can't leave school for a week to shoot this. Right. I was not a kid who wanted to go and be with. I know it sounds crazy, everyone. Avedon uh, all day and, and Versace. And Bobby Brown and Serge Normal. I wanted to be around my teen, my Your teen friends. peers, yeah. and, and so I think it's important. And what I say in the book is, please honor those of you who are seeking these these careers at such a young age. And it is about youth, athletes and models, parallel industries. Get it while you can. It's youth driven, but at the same time, not everyone is equipped or wants to be at 15 with 20-something, 30-something, 40-something-year-olds. Sometimes you have to let yourself just kind of naturally, I mean, you're a mother, Mm -hmm. I am not, so you understand that also from that point. Let the kid go at their own pace. 18 is plenty early to start as a model. And things have changed since then with laws and stuff. So when you were modeling, you know, a teenage, basically a teenage model. Yeah. 
Did you have all those like creepy guys come on to you? Sure. There was a lot of that. There were names I would never mention now because I'm not interested. Yeah. Nothing happened to me that makes me need to have a Me Too story, although right. I absolutely am firmly believing how important this Me Too right. movement is. Yeah. I come more from the aspirational side. I don't come from anger publicly, although it has its place. I also wasn't raped. Right. I had difficulty with certain mm -hmm. of those men. But thank God it didn't get to a level, partly because, and I have to credit my parents Because they were there. Oh, my God. My mother wouldn't let me go anywhere without a chaperone. If she couldn't, she was a working single mother. She couldn't be there. Who was sent? Grandma sometimes, which I have a chapter <laughs> in my book, and it was horrifically embarrassing. Oh, my God. Embarrassing. go into the fashion shoes oh, with Bobby. grandma? Jewish oh, grandmother? Jewish grandma. Oh, dude, the only grandma I had, please. Uh, the only grandma I knew. Let me tell you, we were in San Francisco. I was 14 for Macy's. Uh -huh. And my grandma was sitting there like Steve is sitting there. Yeah. But she was like this. Uh, looking at me horrified she was horrified to be there she didn't know what to do and if any of the male models got near me she she would probably oh bobby it was insane uh -huh. it was horrifying That's so funny. and so it would but it was great because this is the care that i had right yeah. so ew gross when you're 14 eh, grandma go away but wow how how great to be cared for I don't recommend that people have to send their grandma. I love it's that. It's a little extreme. I wouldn't do that if I was a mother yeah. of a 14-year-old right. today was modeling. But I do oh. make sure that she's not out there alone. And what about when you yeah. went to Europe for the first time? Gra uh, excuse me. Thank God. No, grandma. grandma. No, no, no. Not grandma. grandma. <laughs> Mama. Mom. My mother uh -huh. and I on the Alitalia flight. Right. Yeah. Okay. To Milan. And, and so how long did you model from? So it was like, so... So it started at 14, but then high school, I went to professional children's school, trained, transferred out of performing arts where I was following a dancer career trajectory. Modeling took off with such a bang, we decided to go to professional children's school so I don't completely miss that boat because entertainment industry boats don't come around all the time as we know and certainly don't repeat generally. But I didn't want to lose it, but I wanted to get into college and I had to get into college. I went to professional children's school in Manhattan, mm -hmm. great school. Got into three top colleges, Bowdoin, Connecticut College, and Sarah Lawrence. And did you, where, where did you go? Did not go because at that point, four years later in the fashion industry, after turning down names that I will never mention now, because it almost seems like victimy and right. I, have no, I have had a great career. It was like, okay, you're going to do this now or it's not going to happen. And I wanted it then at 18. Okay. So deferred to Bowdoin. They let me defer twice and went to Paris, Bobby, to get to go full time finally into a career that was really happening four years before. Did you do runway? Cape, runway, oh, everything, Vogue, the whole thing. So then it all came back because it was still, I guess, I, by, in the stars that I was meant to have this career because four years, you know, in the fashion industry is a long time. Mm -hmm. But it came back, Bobby Brown. And um, I had a great career. I also needed to express myself in more of an artistic way, going back to my early dancing aspirations to be a prima ballerina. That was not meant to be. I thought it was acting. I studied Shakespeare in New York. I moved back to New York eventually. I studied theater workshop at HB Studio. I thought this is what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do it the real way, coming from the playwright father and the, whatever the, the influences were. And uh, moved to Hollywood now that I was going to conquer so how old Hollywood. Were you when you moved so to Hollywood. So I moved to LA late 20s. Okay. Thinking that now, because I'm so fabulous, really, this is the, the, the ego where the ego was, was, was a little bit fakakta. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, because I'm discovered at 14 and I shot to the top, well, that just happens with, that's going to happen with anything I touch. That's, you know, that's one of the setbacks and drawbacks of having great success at a really young age. You really believe your own hype in a certain yeah. sense and mm -hmm. think, oh, it just, anything I do is it's going to work out because whatever 
you convince yourself. You believe, like Avanon had told us when I was shooting that campaign, you are the six most beautiful people in the world. All the stuff that we know as adults, no, no, no. They don't literally mean. <laughs> do, do the best shoot and go on and, and be your best. Don't then play under yourself. But that so whole, he told you you were one of the most beautiful What The six most being. beautiful people in the world, as I'm sure Avedon, God rest his soul, told everyone right. he was working with. And that's fine. That's understandable. We know but this when as you're an a adult. Kid, that when you're a kid, When you're a kid, it's like, even though I had mom at home being like, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's, they're doing that because they're making money from you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Business. No, you don't understand, mom. You know, it's all, it's, so it's, it's a tough, and it's, it's understandable. That's why kids don't mm -hmm. really need to be working. Mm -hmm. Uh, under 18, full, let me finish, high school. Go to college if you're not working. I'm, I'm a firm believer in, although I know there's a lot of problems with our current, the college system in, in this country, and the, certainly the, the cost and the, the horrendous student debts. But if someone is not working in the way that I was, where you have a huge industry banging at your door, right? what do you do? You're not going to just go and not do anything. So how long were you in LA? So I, I lived in LA for a decade. Uh -huh. I you know, acted in film, television, web, uh, web series, and I produced mm -hmm. my most proud moment of the LA acting years, Tennessee Williams' Orpheus Descending. Hmm. Executive producer, Bobby, I love that play. It's one of his problem plays, but it's genius. It's what The Fugitive Kind was, the film version is The Fugitive Kind with Brando Magnani and Joanne Woodward. And I had to play the Joanne Woodward role. I felt that I needed to do this. So I had X amount of dollars, equity wave, waiver theater. I knew how much it would cost. I pulled together an incredible crew mm -hmm. from this creative artistic circle that I was working with, with this amazing uh, acting teacher who used Jungian psychotherapy and all of this mm -hmm. cool stuff going inside, discovering things. And I put together an incredible production. We were uh, uh, a favorite of the critics and we were nominated wow. by the Los Angeles Drama Critics Circle cool. for a McCullough Award for the best revival of a play for 2010 LA Theater. That was really a huge accomplishment. Yeah. And I realized, okay, now it's time to leave LA because that didn't help where the film and TV, nothing was really happening in film and TV as an actor. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, you can keep on going this way and that's great and people do. But I had this, this big career before. I love acting, but not so much that I'm sitting around mostly auditioning. What am I doing? Right. And maybe if I really want to act, maybe I should be in New York. Moved back to New York for a variety of reasons um, and had six months after had a crazy health crisis come up from an accident in a dance class. So, so I'm fine today. I'm just so, going to ramble on. No, you got to no, stop no, me. I, no. So okay. tell us about that. So okay. yes, I... You know, I only know because when I ran into you on the street, you told me that you had a stroke. Really? And yeah, I didn't I didn't know other than that. Did I just say, hi, Bobby, I had a stroke? Kind of. No. <laughs> what have you been doing all these years? Right. Blah, 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 blah. No, right. it was maybe the second sentence. But, you know, what what led to that and how did you know you were having a stroke? So I get back, Bobby, six months after uh, living, moving back home to New York from L.A., and I was in a dance class, Broadway Dance Center, famous uh, place in, in Manhattan for dancers. Anyway, jazz class. And right. I had studied ballet, as I've said, jazz, mm -hmm. flamenco, and modern mm -hmm. since childhood. Right. And that night, the choreography called for multiple throws of the head. I forgot the technical term, but Beyonce always does it. And many people, you th it's a jazz move. You throw your head around and the hair follows. Okay, we've seen it a million times. Mm -hmm. Done it a million times. And in the, so choreography kept calling for it. Nothing happened to me that I knew of. Went home on eventful night's sleep. Woke up the next day. Had an audition for a play, Midtown Manhattan. And in the, one of the noisiest lobbies, 
that I, you know, of Midtown Manhattan, I had a horrendous headache out of the blue. My vision started to disappear. But being a healthy, late, like 39, I think I was, 39-year-old, mm-hmm. I didn't think anything of this. I thought, I haven't eaten. There's nothing wrong with I mean, I didn't start to think of my family of history course. because I didn't think anything was wrong. I thought it was a low blood sugar thing, right. which unfortunately some women, I have to just say, and men too, but some women start, you start to think, what, I didn't eat. I didn't, no. Sometimes something is really going on that is not your mm-hmm. fault. So let me just say, so I, th- the, through the kindness of a stranger, I couldn't see, Bob, I couldn't see. I don't know how else to describe it. They were rainbow colors. Mm. And I kept thinking, wow, this must be what a migraine is. I've never had a migraine, though. The stranger took, sat me down. She helped call my father because she said you should call an ambulance. And I said, oh, don't be crazy. I'm fine. Should have. My father came. By the time he came to pick me up, most of my vision had returned, but there was a blind spot. I still have it, Bobby. So it's a sizable one to the left side of my visual field. He picks me up. I go back to his place. I, don't want, I didn't want him to take me to my place. And I crash on his couch. And I wake up and I go, Dad, it's just, whoa. I've never had visual problems. What We got to go immediately. Emergency room. We went and the doc, um, CAT scan, MRI. I told them the series of events that had happened mm-hmm. the last 24 to 48 hours. And they said, you know, Miss Mason, you've, you've had a scro- stroke, an ischemic stroke that was most likely caused from whipping the neck and the head around in that uh, dance class that night because mostly strokes do not, and I'm a spokesperson today for the American Stroke Association. It, it, even though babies can get them, and that you're gonna have to find out from a doctor, but children to old people can get them from impact. Generally, we know of strokes as, 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 having, as happening to people older than 70, right? That's heart-related generally. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, myself included, and the nine-year-old boy who was in the hospital when I was, hospital when I was, who had the exact same thing as I did, the occipital lobe of the brain, which controls the vision, there was an infarct. So the left vertebral artery had a dissection, which affected the occipital lobe of the brain, lower right, which controls our vision. So I don't, my eyeballs, my nerves, my, all of that are perfect. Mm -hmm. It's the, I mean, it's, the brain is the most beautiful computer. I actually am grateful for this. And I, I can tell you more why, but that part, right now, the little cells are sleeping. Mm-hmm. I believe they're going to wake up. My doctor believes they're going to wake up. We don't know when. I believe that cells around that, those sleeping cells are helping, are trying very hard because our body wants to heal. Mm-hmm. Our body always wants to heal. We have to help it. Besides how we eat and how we meditate and how we exercise, part of the meditation is believing that the body can heal and helping it to do that, you know, the will to good. Um, Okay, I get off because I start going on and on. Help me come back. Where are we going with this? No, but Ah, but it's stroke. Yeah. So, I mean, do you worry that something's going to happen again? I I refuse. I refuse the thought. Okay. Um, The artery healed three months later. Mm-hmm. which was, thank God, my right. neurologist said that's what she was praying mm-hmm. for. The brain is the slowest organ to heal. So the, fo- ah, and I want to say, because I'm a spokesperson of the American Stroke Association, act fast, F-A-S-T is an acronym, Bobby. If this happens to you or someone you see like that beautiful stranger who helped me, absolutely insist someone goes to the hospital. What are the signs generally of a stroke? And as I said, I don't care how old someone is. Right. They can be nine, like the boy mm-hmm. in the hospital. F, face droopy, mm-hmm. is F. A is arms not working. Mm-hmm. You can't, right. you know, they don't work. 
S is speech, and I add sight, because we don't talk enough about sight. Speech meaning you can't speak, you can't understand what's being spoken to, you know, that someone is saying. Sight would happen to me, and then T is time to call, 911. You have a three-hour window to get to the hospital mm -hmm. so they can administer the drug so that it diminishes the fallout of the stroke. I miss that completely by saying, everything's fine, I'm fine, everything's fine. No, everything's fine, and my sight's mostly bad. So this mind spot would not, well, I can't, only God knows, but uh, would most likely not be here if I had that, if I had gone to the hospital right away. So again, just, just remember this. Now, do I live in fear that it's gonna happen again? Absolutely not, because I don't know how I'd get up in the morning, and believe me, some of it, in the hospital that week, Bobby, I was in terrible fear. And, but it was more because I was raised in a spiritual household and I am myself spiritual. Why is this happening symbolically? Okay, what do I need to hear? So that set me on a different course. Although when I got out of the hospital and I was terrified from being in the business that you and I come from and from being at such a young age seen from how I look, mm -hmm. now no one can see that I've had it because I had no cognitive or muscular fallout. But looking out of my brain, my computer, there's a spot on my desktop that's grayed out now. Oh my God, what will they think if I tell anyone in fashion and film? What, 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 what? They're gonna see me as handicapped. Oh! So it that took me a while to get over, mm -hmm. but right out, out of the hospital, I had a modeling job and a, a, a scene in an indie film, upstate New York, and a play reading. Now the play reading was the hardest because <laughs> now I can laugh about this. I didn't, and I didn't want to tell anyone. Right. You bump into things. I'm very used to the little spot now, but if you don't see it. So you still see a spot. Absolutely. Yeah. But it made me go, this is not just what I'm supposed to be doing. It was the beginning of there's other things besides the acting and the modeling, and which is beautiful, but there's something else in there that's trying to be born. So how you did will. you become a spokesperson for? American Stroke Association. Yeah. Well, my doctor, wonderful Dr. Brockington, which is, she used to be St. Luke's Roosevelt, Mount Sinai bought mm -hmm. them. So I have to say Mount Sinai, St. Luke's Roosevelt. Um, said, you know, God, I, you would be fantastic with your career as, as a spokesperson. Let's get in touch with the American Stroke Association. So she made that happen, and we did some publicity on right. TV for that, some, you know, in, in from informing the public, and we pulled together a PSA for them, and they were thrilled that uh, we did that, and they, they asked me to be a spokesperson. And so, you know, I'm thrilled to be able to help spread the word about stroke prevention and... Um, and uh, it's not just prevention, because how do you prevent an accident, right? right? With the little boy on the slope, should he not have skied? Should I have not have been on the, the in the dance class? Of course well, not. I guess it's just the awareness of what someone might be going through. Yes. And also, you know, Bobby, can I just say one more thing there? I really felt when I checked in with myself, because I think there's reasons for things. I do not believe in punishing oneself from an accident. Mm -hmm. But... That move, if I will, even though I'd done it before, it's kind of like know thyself. My body is not made like, and I'm going to use Beyonce because I adore her and I think she's a fantastically talented uh, woman, but we're built very differently. She may be the neck and the length of it and this whatever. I have a thin, you know, we're built differently. Certain bodies can't take certain moves. I don't care how well yeah, trained but how do you, you know are. That? You just don't know that. Well, I think the more in touch we are with ourselves, and I've gotten more through meditation, you can sense this is really not for me. Look, I've always known I'm not really a downhill skier. I used to do it a lot as a kid, but something didn't feel right. And, and, the, and the fall was like, oh no, this is not a fall that's cute. 
Oh, you fall and you get up and you learn. Sure, in life you fall and you get up. But you're not supposed to do every single thing. But that doesn't mean I'm saying not to do what you need to do. Go and jump out of planes with the parachute. Go and no, do the. Don't. I'm not interested in that, Bobby. Right. Yeah, don't jump out of planes. No. It just mean that I can't tell anyone what to do and not to do. But know your own body right. and and listen to that intuition, please. <sighs> so so what are you working on now? Because this has been a platform for you to yeah you know to do more things. Like what's your you know, What's your focus now? What's your day to day? So I feel, Bobby, since I did a book tour for my book. Now, I did not mention stroke in my book because I couldn't be public with it, yet I was horrified. The ego still needed to process. Mm -hmm. Talking to young people at modeling and acting conventions or talking to American Heart Association, American Stroke Association conventions um, and, and, and uh, a six-figure women uh, group that partnered with AHA, the different speaking gigs that I've had, I never really thought about that, right. but I love it. And I felt so in my element, helping people through my experience and what I've gone through, not just the health challenge that I've gone through, but going through, as we spoke about earlier, the difficulty of growing up in an entertainment industry, um, the, the, the crazy, the difficulties from LA. So through my experience, I like to help people get through the difficulties in their life and thrive coming from that. And my very strong spiritual base that I've nurtured. I have a very strong toolkit. You know, when you have a health crisis, it deals a serious blow to your self-confidence and self-esteem. Well, what did, I, what did I have to do to get through that? Dive deep into my like hard-won uh, toolkit of coping mechanisms, if you will, mm -hmm. and get into action and get on with it. Or you steep into fear and then what is life, you know? So I like to help people from that perspective, how to thrive and focus on that it's an inside job, Bobby. It's an inside job. When we speak about the people that I don't just speak to, as I said, obviously young would-be models, where the book, sure, that's its target audience, although it has something for everyone. But what I think about in our own industry that we've, what we have in common, the kind of horror of all these under 20-year-olds having tons of plastic surgery. We know that our industry is one of aspiration and that everyone is retouched. When you're 13, mm -hmm. I was retouched. But something about actually going in pre-1918. You've never done doing. Oh, yes, I have. And I knew you were going to ask that when I brought this up. I had my ears pinned back, Bobby. Okay. And they messed up the cartilage in the right ear, fixed it. A French doctor who was shaking his head at the American doctor the whole time. <laughs> anyway. But it's still, this is the easiest of all plastic surge surgeries, and they messed it up. And boy, was that a thing that I said to myself, I am never going to do anything else. Yeah. I don't want to. And so I your beautiful face, else. you haven't touched your face. <laughs> oh, you mean with aging stuff? No. no. Let me say N-O, and I'm okay. so proud of it. But you look so good. I know. You know, you Bobby, do. thank you. I you do. Thank you. You it's do. It's great to hear. Yeah. And I know I do, and I'm saying yeah. that from a healthy point right. of view. I think we are born with certain genes. So how old are you now? I don't know. We're, but let me just say I'm one 61, thing. I'm 61. No, you're not. I am. You're not, Bobby. I am 61. I'm still in my 40s. Okay. Okay. Mid-ish. Okay. Um, those, are, those are some good years. Not those, as good as 50s. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, 50s are the best. Okay. Yeah. 60s, I just started, so I'm not sure. I can't believe you're... Yeah. That's amazing. Well, yeah. look, probably I just want to say that besides the genes, which no one can create, science hasn't moved that forward, thank mm -hmm. God, um, it's how you take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's how you eat. Right. I was raised with a totally health food freak mom. And so it's how we eat, yep. how we exercise, but we've right. all heard this, but yeah. it's true, and I'm a proof of it. Mm-hmm. 
because my mother was way out of her time with LLAC because she had a bad disease. She had a kick. What was when hers? When she was a young woman, ovarian cancer. Okay. That she is, hmm. I can, she's over 80. I'm sorry, mom, don't hate me if you oh, ever hear She this. must be beautiful. Beautiful and cancer-free since wow. her 30s. I'd love to see her picture. Yeah, I will show you. Yeah. But Bobby, it's also meditation and it's inner life. We have to thrive. I'm a stroke thriver, not a survivor. I can't stand that survivor stuff. Right. You know, today, Bobby, you asked me what I'm doing today. So I'm collaborating with Ariana Huffington's Thrive, speaking mm -hmm. of the word Thrive, with Stroke of Genius, Kyle and um, Liam. We are going to be interviewing a very big person in the stroke community and one of the, the most famous TED Talks that has ever been given. I'm not sure if I should say your name yet because we haven't done it. I kind of get weird like that, but we'll see. A doctor, a very prominent doctor. Can't wait for that, organizing that. Um, I am going to be doing a retreat, um, helping women with career transitions, um, in Shelter Island in April. I'm going to be part of a retreat there. I'm very excited about that. I'm in negotiations with a big, uh, wellness spa to speak at their women's, uh, week in October. And, um, I am Bobby very speaking about spirit and that's so much for health and beauty and thriving in life, uh, the spiritual life. I am going to executive produce. One of the most famous tomes in this genre. And I am very ignited about that. So I think when you talk about skin, all of this has a lot to do with, do I wake up and I'm happy all the time? No, of course not. But 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 that's, that's not about just, I mean, happy ultimately is where it's at. But it, you, ugh, you, know, you have to kind of fight and slay the fear of, of all the crap that comes up or the layers that you've been given. Well, you sound you know. like you are thriving and you are Thank doing you. an amazing job and, and you're amazing at giving advice. But I like to end the podcast yes. asking yes. for one piece of advice. If people listening now could say, you know, I was listening to that long story short and Claudia Mason said, blah, and it changed my life. What's one thing people could do? If you have a good, well, moral compass, if you're coming from values that are for the good of all and don't believe in separateness, that we all are connected, then you have to follow your intuition. But can I say that that's what all people can do? You know, it's like, but that's what I, you know, you got follow that intuition and check it that it's coming for the good of you and everyone else, that it's not against there's no competition. So do the right thing. Do the right thing. But, you know, yeah. those words are so overused, those phrases, but do the mm -hmm. right thing. And hopefully the right thing means not hurting. Right. <laughs> because I don't, you know, depending on who you ask, what is the right thing? And where could people find you? Where could, okay. Uh, website, ClaudiaMason.com. Twitter and Instagram, at ClaudiaMason1. Facebook, still on it, although not thrilled, is the Claudia Mason. Excellent. It is so nice to finally be able to talk to you and see you. you. And um, yeah, I can't wait to hear your 23 and me. Thank you. Oh, right. I'm yeah. like, what was that? I don't know what. <laughs> yeah. I'm not telling you. And thank you, Bobby Brown, for having me. No, seriously. Oh, my thank pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I adore you. And I think what you've done, you constantly, con continually inspire me. I'm just... Oh. Well, thank uh, you. Thrilled. And I want my boyfriend and I to go to your great hotel. Excellent. Who's your Jersey. boyfriend? What Dr. He Keith do? Pine. He is a chiropractor, osteopath that specializes in sports medicine. Where are you friggin' lucky? And it was oh, either yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's baby. either that or a, guy, oh, or a hairdresser. I'll take either one of those guys. <laughs> that was my conversation with Claudia Mason. Whoa, is she a tornado? 
The woman has more energy than I could remember. She's so upbeat and so positive. I could see her happy dust as she's walking out the door. And that's it for this episode of Long Story Short. If you like the show, tell a friend. Also, rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions for me, email them to askbobbybrown at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at justbobbybrown and let me know who you'd like me to interview, anything else you want to see. Thanks for listening. This is Long Story Short with Bobby Brown, a Gallery Media Group production.